Hi everyone, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to day 20 of Compulsive Overeating Diary. It's now been six weeks and one day since I began this experiment about podcasting my thoughts and feelings around compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Now if you listen to day 19, I said it was seven weeks because somehow I got mixed up and uh, <laughs> gave myself an extra week. But guess what? It's really only been one day more than six weeks, so I'm down 11 pounds in six weeks. It's amazing how your perspective changes when you find out some new facts. Anyway, today I wanna to talk a little bit about money and compulsive overeating, and also what do you do when you've had a bad eating day? How do you snap back? Anyway, more, more of this and other topics when you come back from listening to my opening music, I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward. brave companions. I know it's you because if you went through that opening as a new listener or a long-time listener, as long time as six weeks listeners can be, <laughs> and you're still here waiting for me to say something, then you're one of my brave companions. Last week I decided, or last episode, I decided that's what I was going to call you because I think anybody who is listening to a compulsive overeating podcast who's actually interested in that is taking a step to either understand this condition for a loved person in their life or to understand their own self, to be encouraged, to encourage others. All of that takes a lot of bravery. So you guys from now on are my brave companions. Now, first off, I wanted to give a shout out to Ava who went on day 19 and posted her agreement about how money was a big part of her recovery when she was realizing just how much she was spending of her grocery budget on kind of junk food and snack food and she felt like that was a waste. And that triggered something for me because how many of you, you know, when we're compulsive overeaters, we tend to go overboard in other areas of our life. So if you go to the store and you found that potato chips were on sale, three for $5, how many of you get three? Because it says three for $5. Even though you could get one bag of chips for a third of that $5. You know, most of the grocery store deals, you don't have to buy however many they tell you there are. But we just tend to do that. And if there's several flavors of chips, we might get like all the flavors. So maybe we're getting six for $5. And then we go home and we have trouble with it and we can't handle that as a trigger food. We see that we're eating too much. So we might blow through two bags of those chips and say, oh my God, I got to get back on track. So here comes the throw the chips down the garbage disposal or soak them with water and throw them in the trash. Because if you just throw them in the trash, you might find yourself digging through the trash. But think about that. How much extra food do you buy as a compulsive overeater or binge eater? And how much food have you actually tossed away when you realize you can't handle having all this food in your house? And so you have to get rid of it. 
I think I've probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, but that could be my compulsive brain becoming an exaggerated brain at the moment. But I know besides spending lots and lots of money having to buy all these different sizes of clothes as I go up and down the scale continuously, that I have spent a lot of money on food that I didn't eat, even healthy food. Because I'm a compulsive overeater, if I go to the farmer's market and I see some beautiful apples, I might buy like six or seven of these apples, but there's only my husband and myself, so it might get so that I don't get around to eating them and they go bad and I throw them out. How much produce have you bought and thrown out? So part of what I do right now is I try to sort of have an idea in my head what I'm going to eat, or if I see something wonderful at the farmer's market, buy a serving of that to take home for a recipe and not go hog wild. I try to buy what I can use. It helps my budget, but it also is helping me to retrain my compulsive brain that just thinks not less is more, but more is more. And even more is better than more, you know. As a compulsive person, I want to have more comments. I want to have more attention from my husband. I want to have more food on my plate. I want to have more of everything. And I think all of that is kind of related to that hole in our hearts that comes from somewhere. And that hole where it started being dug depends on your situation. Mia had a lot of stuff in my childhood that gave me the feeling that I'm just not good enough, period. That Lori as a person was not acceptable. I was too fat. I wasn't as good as some other people in my family that I was constantly in trouble and that my feelings caused trouble for my family and that I just as a person wasn't good. So I began my lifelong ambition to try to work really, really hard and try to excel at everything that I could and to feel like a failure. Now, if I get B+, I'm not happy like, yay, above average. I feel like, shit, I'm B+. Why am I not A+. Why can't I get A plus in this? And that's whether, you know, it's just like if I remember last time I told you that I was really excited because Compulsive Overeating Diary was in New and Notable on iTunes in the top two rows, which is where people can actually find you without having to click the See More button or See All for New and Noteworthy. And that's a really exciting thing because there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there and even to be in the new and noteworthy section at all, even though I think there might be like 100 or 200 in new and noteworthy for each category, but to be in it at all is a victory. It's a cool thing. It's a wonderful thing. But am I saying, hey guys, I'm celebrating. Here's a glass of water to you. I'm out dancing the jig because I'm in new and noteworthy in iTunes and I didn't even try for this one. Daily Adventure Tales, my other podcast, I really worked at that. I contacted friends and people that might be interested and requested reviews and let people know it was there and asked people to download it and really worked it. I worked it because I wanted Daily Adventure Tales to be in that new and noteworthy. And I was in new and noteworthy. And I was in the top row for the whole time that Daily Adventure Tales was in iTunes. But this one isn't because I'm not out there beating the drum. So it came up there 
at all because you guys subscribed to it, downloaded it, and put some heartfelt reviews to it. You did that. So if we compare, now I love both my podcasts, and if you haven't listened to any of my Daily Adventure Tales podcasts, go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com, and there's a link on my menu to Daily Adventure Tales. Go find one of those podcasts and listen to it, because it's really cute. I really love my Halloween episode. I really like that one a lot. You can hear my husband. He does that podcast with me. I also super love the Christmas episode, and I also think the one that's really popular is where I go to Montrose to the farmer's market. So if you're bored and want something to do and don't feel like listening to compulsive overeating, go to Daily Adventure Tales to one of my old podcasts and listen to one of those. But back to the topic at hand, right? I should be over the moon because this podcast really comes from my heart. I'm not working it as hard. I'm not pushing it on all my social media other than it comes on Twitter, it comes on Facebook when I post a new new episode. But I'm not out there beating the drum saying, hey, like my Facebook page and I'll like your Facebook page or hey, I'll sign up for you on Twitter if you'll sign up for me. I'm not doing that. All I'm doing is talking to you guys, posting these podcasts, posting my show notes, including my, my resources and things, and answering you guys back when you talk to me. And it's growing. It's not growing as fast as Daily Adventure Tales, but it's growing and it's growing on its own because you guys are listening. Now, I don't know if you're telling other people because I don't know if you know. Like I can't, I only can think of one person I know in my immediate acquaintance that also has this problem who might also be interested in compulsive overeating diary. But if you do know someone, I don't know if you're telling them or if they're just finding me by searching because I noticed, thanks to the ratings and the reviews, that if you put in for compulsive overeating or binge eating or eating disorders in iTunes when you're searching for a podcast, I'm like number one, two, three, or four. So anyone who's looking for a podcast about that on iTunes is going to find it. And then I showed my fake son, Steve, who came over for dinner, And I don't know if I've talked to you guys or not. My fake son, Steve, is a former co-worker who is 18 years younger than me. And when I realized that he was born the year I graduated high school, I joked with him and said, if I was a bad girl in high school, I'd be old enough to be your mother. And I said, what am I talking about? Of course I'm old enough to be your mother. And so he's been my fake son, Steve, ever since. And we're really close to one another. And he came over, and he is not a compulsive overeater. He's a, a normal weight, slender young man in his 30s. And But I showed him, look at this, this is cool. You can listen to Compulsive Overeating Diary on the TV. So I put it up on there with Tune In Radio Channel, let him listen to one of the episodes, and he really liked it. He's not compulsive overeater, he just said, Your voice is such a good radio voice, and you tell stories so well. Even my husband, who was lurking around while he was barbecuing for us, said, You know, I never noticed, Lori, how good your voice is. I think you could have success telling stories, like for kids or something. I said, Hun, I am telling stories. I'm telling stories about compulsive overeating. That is all the podcast is, is me telling stories. But he has a point. Somehow I feel really, really good when I'm talking to you guys. I feel really great 
when I'm sitting on the top of a mountain talking to people who I'm beginning to think of as my friends, my true companions, the tribe that understands where I'm coming from, the people who are willing to step up when they can to leave comments of encouragement for me and each other. And that is so wonderful for me, who's always felt like the loner, the oddball, you know, the fat chick in the cute girl movie, right? <laughs> They're all looking at the cute dresses, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll wear this black skirt. That's the kind of person I've always been, kind of out to the side, the funny friend, the leftover friend, the isolated person, the one who doesn't fit in. And you guys are giving me, for one of the few times in my life, a feeling that I do fit in, that I have a point of view and a voice that is understandable to someone else, where I don't have to hide who I am, I don't have to pretend to be something I'm different. If I have a crap day, I can tell you, and that's a really great segue, brave companions, because yesterday I really did have a crap eating day. It was a bad eating day. It wasn't a full-out binge like we've described, but it was a bad eating day for me, and probably the first one in the six weeks since I began this experiment. And I don't know where it came from. My morning was fine. My lunch was fine. I had taken my husband to the periodontist because he needed to get some, some teeth work done where he might not be able to drive himself back. So I take him there. He was home. He was fine. He was actually feeling not in pain. He was in another room resting, and I was just kind of resting too. And all of a sudden, I felt this kind of free-form floating anxiety. And also, I'd actually gotten below 214 on the scale, and so I was feeling like, wow, I'm really becoming successful. This is really working. And I don't know if it's fear of success and so that feels weird to be successful, or if I had anxiety about my husband, or we had to pay an awful lot of money because our insurance didn't cover even 1% of the procedure that my husband needed. So I had to come up with a big chunk of cash in a hurry. And we also had another, our air conditioner unit went out, so we're having the repairman there. Even as we speak, I'm up here hiking, and my husband's letting in the, the AC repairman. So I have no idea if that's going to cost me a couple hundred or a thousand dollars or what that's going to be. So I know that money, 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 money was on my mind, kind of thinking, which savings account can I take this out of? What bill can I delay so that I can pay this? What can I do? Now, let, let me get this right. Both my husband and I are retired, but we're okay financially as long as we don't go hog-ass wild. We're okay, but we do have to watch it. And we just came back from my trip to Vegas, so that was, you know, a little, that was expensive and out of the ordinary for us. That was a planned expense, so that made us kind of on the low side of our budget. We were planning to kind of save for a couple of months and, and repad our accounts and instead, we got the tooth and the air conditioning and who knows what else. So this money might have been the root of my anxiety. The main point that I want to get to, though, is I did not know this. Even though I've been doing this podcast, and as I was reaching for an extra ice cream bar and reaching for a bag of popcorn that I normally wouldn't eat in the afternoon, right before my dinner, 
and kind of getting the, the munchy crunchies where I saw I wasn't relishing my ice cream bar like I usually do. And the popcorn was going down kind of like in that frantic way, more so than, hey, this is cool. I'm watching Project Runway reruns and I'm enjoying like popping the popcorn in my mouth one time. It was more of the the anxious chewing that indicates to me that this is on the verge of the compulsive overeating. So I did stop for a few seconds. One, to feel guilty, like, what am I going to tell my brave companions? Now I've been encouraging them to do good, and now I'm Oh, sorry about that. Now I'm screwing up. And what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Well, when I began the podcast, I said, I'm going to tell you about my day-to-day compulsive overeating and binging experience, warts and all. So I guess this was a little bit of a warts day. But I was able to rein myself in and pull it back on track. And so that's what I want to talk about next. Okay, I'm back. I've now since hiked from my upper Zen place down to my halfway mountaintop Zen place where I get the view of Glendale and everything. And I wanted to listen to what I had recorded before I got into how I brought myself back from feeling like a failure after eating not the best yesterday. One thing I did is I bleeped out the F-bomb that I was tossing in the earlier segment because yes, unfortunately sometimes that little F-word will come out of my mouth. I don't really want to have to put explicit all over this podcast (laughs) because I did that. But Yes, I felt like I had effed it up and I was ashamed and didn't know what I was going to tell you guys about how I wasn't doing so great. Because it's very easy to talk to you about problems of my past and easy to talk to you about successes and when I've done well. Just like in episode four, the famous pathetic one where I had to admit how... (laughs) ridiculous I felt walking around a park talking about overeating not knowing if any single person was ever going to listen to this and you guys stepped up and and let me know you were listening after that but that was probably episode four was probably the most raw and real episode of my life that one was so real and tender that I really didn't want to post it at all I really did not. I felt embarrassed by it. And I'm a little bit embarrassed from my mini sort of binge. Like I said, I wouldn't classify it a full-on disassociative binge like I've had before. But it was definitely a compulsive overeating moment that I was not able to halt in its tracks. But it wasn't as awful as it could have been. And... One of the things I did was take a breath, literally, put down the popcorn and took a breath, at least for a moment before I continued putting it down and let myself have the thought, huh, I think i am got something wrong because I'm compulsively overeating. And then I went ahead and finished my compulsive overeating But letting myself have that thought was a trigger to me to kind of at least write down in my notebook to think about later what might the cause be because it wasn't immediately obvious to me why I was compulsively overeating when I wasn't feeling a stress that I knew about. 
it wasn't like I was nervous for a job interview or a bad thing had happened or it wasn't like that it was like a unconscious sort of stress and as I discussed earlier I think part of it was my financial uncertainty and worry about my husband and also kind of worrying about like I have been really successful and you guys have been good to tell me how I'm encouraging you and and you're enjoying the podcast and feeling a little bit of pressure like well will they still love me if I f up will they still care if I'm not perfect what if I'm still podcasting in a year and I don't lose any more weight what will happen to me and maybe these sort of feelings of trying to be an example instead of just being myself kind of took over and I think that can be a strong trigger for us you know people pleasing even if it's podcast listener pleasing can be damaging to your own growth and psyche I am delighted. Don't get me wrong. I love you, my brave companions. I'm happy and awestruck to have any companions who are listening to my thoughts and feelings. But I have to keep in mind that the reason why I'm doing this is for me to hear it, for me to understand myself, to me to have a a venue where I can dissect what's going on with me to see if I can develop a life that is less focused on my failures with food and more on how can I improve my communication with people? How can I improve my communication with myself? How can I know myself? How can I stop hating myself? How can I be gentle with myself? How can I learn to love food, to really enjoy it and not be scared of it? Is this possible? And I think that it is, but let's face it, I've had 50 years of compulsive overeating and binge eating, and that's not something that you say, oh, it's six weeks, I'm doing good, done, I'm cured. That's that's kind of unrealistic, at least for me. So here's what I think. I don't think this pressure that I feel about having to be perfect for you guys comes from you guys. I think probably you guys would be even more supportive (laughs) since I admit when I screw up because you'll know that I'm I'm real and I just have to get over that feeling of needing to appear perfect to always be funny to not say the f word (laughs) to always be the mature one to always be the giving one to always be the adult in the relationship when I feel like stamping my feet and crying out like a baby I need to accept that all these feelings are part of who I am as a human and that it's okay. And yesterday, my overeating was not the be-all, end-all. It was a sign to me that something was bothering me. And I think talking to you guys today, I know what that is. One was a little bit of pressure and two was the financial worries that were on my mind. So. How I got back was I kind of had like a mini compulsive episode that went on for about an hour in the afternoon. I really wasn't hungry at dinner time, but my body felt like it had not had enough nutrition because I don't know about you, but my compulsive eating and binging foods are not like some fresh vegetables and meats and things like this. It's ice cream, candies, popcorn, chips, That's my binging, compulsive, crunching foods. 
So my body inside my tummy felt kind of full, but another part of my body I could discern felt like it needed some protein and nutrition. So I had some leftover steak from our barbecue and a little bit of a baked potato and some veg. So I made a small portion of dinner and ate that and my body felt better. I still put a little bit more in my stomach, you know, it felt a little fuller, which was more uncomfortable than if I had eaten normally. So I paid attention to that and didn't eat more than my dinner. Took a drink of water, went to bed, forgave myself. So one thing I think is to notice how is your body feeling? Once you get over being pissed off at yourself for having a binge or compulsive overeating episode, how is your body feeling right now? And if you're stuffed to the gills, don't try to force more down there. Let, let yourself go. Have some, some tea or some coffee or some water a little bit. And then let some time pass. Maybe take a gentle walk because a little gentle exercise kind of helps your system to move a little better, to digest a little more. Give yourself some time and space. I would say after that, if you can, try to figure out what, what this was a, a message to you about. What was the message that your compulsive self was giving to you? Because you're never binging. You're never purging or doing any of that behavior except when you're trying to take care of yourself, when you're trying to feel better. Next morning, I told my husband, would you mind waiting for the AC guy? Because I think I need to go for a hike so I can get some of the stress out and I can think. And I always think better when I'm walking and hiking. I'll do a podcast and it always helps me think better. So I made a plan to do something for me the next day that would make me feel good and valuable and more than a person who overate the day before. So I think that's a good thing to do. Now physically, if you've had a full-on binge, you're going to find this, this weird phenomenon where this kind of big, like talk about the, the python swallowing the pig. The pig is kind of moving down your digestive system. So you might have like this starving, hungry tummy where your gut just feels packed full and like a, not another thing can go down there. And that's the case where, again, I think you should eat really mild, mildly. You should eat something when you're hungry, but maybe something that will give you a little bit of a rest, like some oatmeal or a boiled egg and, and toast, something like this. To, it's a little easier in the digestion. Do keep drinking plenty of water and walking around until your body starts to feel a little better. But whatever you do, try as best as you can to be kind to yourself. And again, if you need to like declare or confess your guilt to help get that out, go ahead and call my bravery hotline at 206-350-6445. And like I've said all along, I don't have to put these stories on the podcast. Feel free to just call and use that voicemail hotline as a way to purge yourself of your weird feelings without having to eat more food or feel bad. Or if you just want to ask me a question, go ahead. Or send me an email or, or write me a letter. We're all here to support each other. I'm here to support you. I know that you're here to support me. Until next time, take care because I care.
I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Be gone, it won't be home.